0: One, two, three.
1: Welcome to Highest Potential with Dr. Steve Pettit, a podcast that explores how Bob Jones University empowers individuals to reach their highest potential for God's glory.
0: Well, welcome back to my office for a new episode of our podcast. I'm so Delighted today to have Sarah Rumpf with us. Sarah, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, student body is surviving the semester.
1: One week at a time.
0: One week at a time. Uh, probably we're at the, we're at the the, the, the we're probably beyond the tired point.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. And
0: I think everybody's <laughs> trying to get over the hump and, and come in towards uh, finishing off the semester.
1: Yeah. We only have a few weeks left, so hard to believe
0: Hard to believe. Well, the the, the students have done well. Uh, we're thankful for God's blessing. Uh, I think everybody's uh, still thankful that we can be on campus and in class. Yes. One of the things we've been talking about uh, is the opportunity for uh, people to be involved serving in the summer times, especially in summer camp ministries. And I know, Sarah, you have had A lot of experience growing up in New England in summer camp. So tell us a little bit about uh, those experiences.
1: Yeah. So I grew up going to the wilds of New England. I started out in 2008 when I was, I think I was in third or fourth grade starting out. Um, The wilds of New England back then, they hadn't had their property in New Hampshire yet. So they were just renting a facility. So that was my first summer in 2008. And then 2009- um they bought the property in Deering and I was able to go to the Wilds of New England every year until I graduated. So I participated in CIT program and I loved my time at the Wilds so of New England. So
0: CIT is what is a
1: So it's called the Camper and Training Program. Mm-hmm. It's like a leadership um program for high schoolers who are interested in, you know, like taking the next step in right. you know camper right. camp ministry.
0: So you went there all through your teen years. Yep. And then what about college?
1: Yeah. So then in college, um, I knew I wanted to spend at least one summer um, serving at a camp and I wanted to counsel. So um, I ended up working at the High Point camp okay. in Pennsylvania and okay. I loved my time there. Uh, I was a counselor and it was great.
0: So one summer. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So uh, looking back in in your um, going to camp. What are some, uh, and from your perspective, what are some of the most memorable experiences?
1: Yeah, so growing up at camp, um, well, the, definitely the, the first one on that list is getting saved. Okay. So I was saved at camp at the Wonderful. Wilds. Um, and then just making so many friends there and building relationships with my counselors. I'm still friends with some of my counselors, you know, years, years later. So.
0: so it had a great impact on Oh, yeah, life. huge. And of course, uh, Mr. Rand Hummel always yes. has an impact.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: And I'm, I'm assuming you really enjoy hearing him speak.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I grew up hearing him at camp. So when he comes to campus, I'm brought back to my camp well, days.
0: we're excited that uh, Rand's going to be back with us this year for our Bible conference.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And
0: so we're excited about having him back. Well, my, my uh, experience uh, in camp actually... Uh, Goes over about a 30-year span, so a little bit longer than you've been (laughs) alive. Uh, I started in 1982 uh, speaking in a camp in northeastern Wisconsin called Northland Camping Conference Center. And my good friend, Marty Heron, was just become the camp director. And Marty was probably about 25 or 6 years old, and I was a 26-year-old youth pastor. And so he invited me to speak at a summer camp and I came up, spoke in 82. He invited me back in 1984 to speak again in the camp. And then in 1985, I began in the ministry of evangelism and he asked me to come and be the summer camp evangelist. Mm. So I was the camp evangelist from 1985 until 2002. So that's pretty long span there. And every summer, my family and I went there. And it's probably my children's fondest memories of growing up. Well, at least some of them, uh, as we would pull up to the camp in the summertime after traveling all year. And uh, I'd let my kids out and they would they would just that was their world and we would go in middle of may and we would leave in early august in So
1: you were traveling throughout the year and then the summers you Yes, yes. Yeah. So like it, a second home almost.
0: Uh it well actually it became our first home because in 1999 we bought a house there and that became our summer home. Okay. And then in 2002 I became the director of Northland Camp and I did that until 2011. And so 29 years at Northland Camp, and uh, the camp experience was life-changing for campers who came. And I, I meet people now uh, almost everywhere I go who who did a summer at Northland, yeah. either as a camper or as a counselor working there. Mm-hmm. So obviously camp has had a tremendous impact in people's lives. And so that's really what what today's podcast is all about. I'm very thankful that Dr. Rand Hummel uh, actually came to speak to the student body in chapel here. And then we took the time to uh, gather together in my office and to talk about the current state of camping, especially in how Christian camps have been handling life during COVID. And it's been very, very challenging. But uh, I think uh, this, this conversation will be encouraging and also to put us in a place of praying for uh, our Christian camps around the United States of America. So let's listen to our conversation now. We are so thrilled and honored today to have Dr. Rand Hummel, or just Rand, with just us Rand. today. And uh, Rand is, uh, uh, how do I describe, describe Rand? He's a, he's a preacher. He's a camp director. He's an author. Um, he's, he's probably best known as a friend to lots and lots of people. And Rand, we're just thrilled to have you today. Thank you. Uh, Rand is the camp director at the Wilds of New England. Uh, up in New Hampshire, and uh, he's speaking at uh, chapel at Bob Jones University and has always been a favorite to our students. And so I wanted Rand to come to my office today, and I I wanted to talk to him about camping, the state of camping, where we are, and then also how is it that COVID has affected it, and what do things look like in the future. But uh, let me just begin, Rand, uh, tell us a little bit about your life and
2: and how you got where you are today. (laughs) Wow. Well, first of all, I've had the privilege of being with the Wilds for 42 years, uh, 30 years in North Carolina, and now 12 years in New England. And I will say after 42 years, I love getting up every morning, and going to work. I love what I do. I really do. I love the staff. I love the kids and just the challenge of helping them to learn to hate sin more and love God more. Amen. And that really is what I get to do. And so I've made, uh, had the privilege of having a lot of friends of many, many ages through the camping ministry. Uh, how did I get there? Uh, I come from a kind of very, well, a very difficult background. Uh, so I was dating a girl back in 1972. She was told me I need to come to a church because there are these guys playing brass instruments. I play a trumpet from some college called Bob Jones University, never heard of it. And 1972, I met uh, Ensemble, uh, had pizza with two of the guys after. I was impressed because this is 1972 and they had short hair. And I didn't, obviously. And I thought, wow, and they're not embarrassed about that. So that night at 5 to 12, I, I knelt next to my bed and said, God, I want to be like those guys. Mm. So two years later, uh, I did. I, I, I actually found a room in the church on my way to work and prayed an extra half hour every morning for the entire summer before I came to Bob Jones University in 1974, so maybe that they would not kick me out or whatever. I had never been here, knew nothing about it, but I knew I wasn't uh, that spiritual to make it through a Christian university. And uh, then I got here and God started using individuals, roommates, and professors to touch my heart and never applied to go to the wilds. I knew I wasn't probably spiritual enough or popular enough. I just didn't think they would ever accept me. And I worked as a plumber getting through all my years of school. And uh, when I finished and graduated, I was getting married and they said, what are you going to do? I was headed to the mission field to help a missionary with uh, their music and uh, as a plumber and I wouldn't have to raise support. And then uh, they said, well, the Wilds is looking for people to learn camping and work maintenance. So I went for one year, 1978, and obviously this many years. Bottom line was because of the difficult past. I was gonna if I could go to like Chile, South America, I could be six thousand miles away from that life, mm. which I wanted to hide. And God wanted to use this is Second Corinthians one four use the difficulties to impact others for Christ. And so I went to the wilds. They asked me to stay. I said no. They asked me again. I said one more year. And bottom line, everything that God was working my everything I was trying to run from. God pushed me into a brand new situation to the point where once I started it, mm. I started loving it. Would you preach a chapel? I said, No way, I can't do that. Uh, would you write? Uh, when Bob Jones University asked me to write for them, I said, I can't. You look at my grades in English, you won't ask me. He said, Can we take one of your messages and put it into a book form? I said, Fine. And that's what started. And honestly, one of my favorite things is getting up early and studying so I can right now. So, and it's been a, I have had a wonderful, joyful, life, serving the Lord, uh, by literally getting, taking the truth of God to kids with the love of God.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, all the years I've known you, which really goes back to probably 81 or two. Mm-hmm. So it's almost 40 years. Um, your, your zeal and your passion and your love for teenagers in particular, uh, has affected thousands and thousands of young people. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure uh, there, there, there's very few people that I've ever met that that have had that influence, but it's just the outflow sure. of the inflow of the life of Christ in and through you. Um, I, I want I want our people to that that listen to really uh, grasp the value of camping, um, and of course the wilds is a very unique place. It's located up here in North Carolina, about an hour and fifteen minutes from the campus of Bob Jones University. And of course, uh, the Wilds of New England is an, is an outflow of that camp. But talk to us about the value of camping. And of course, you've been under the Wilds philosophy all this time that was originally started with Dr. Ken Hay, mm-hmm. who actually taught here at Bob Jones University. So talk to us about that.
2: Yeah. Well, especially in our COVID world today, if you think about it, the kids are kind of stuck in a house in front of a computer screen or an iPad. Um, they don't get to be with their friends. Uh, And they're very lonely, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's why this past summer, oh, the emails and the texts, how much they miss camp is huge. Because part of getting them away from the normals of life and just getting to a place, camps all over the United States, and there's wonderful Christian camps. I think you have maybe over 50 that normally come here every Mm -hmm. fall and get students to go and work for them and all. And they're all great places because we're getting them to a place we have a controlled environment. Uh, extended exposure to the Word of God, and then obvious extended exposure to dedicated lives, what we call the counselors. And people say, what makes up a good camp? Well, honestly, I, I can say it's not the property, and you can have an okay property and a not so funny fun time and just okay food. You got you got counselors that really love the kids and really love God, and you have a speaker that so loves God and uses His word. You can have a great week at camp. You are Dr. Hay taught us you could have a good camp in the church parking lot, and I remember him saying that. And I said, well, it's nice to have a property with zip lines and waterfalls and all that. And then this last summer when in New England, they closed us down in in New Hampshire and within literally within 24 hours, my staff said, we're going to go to the kids then. And we set up 12 day camps at churches, uh, four of them in Pennsylvania, the other eight through the six states of New England. We had over 1,200 kids show up. That's awesome. Many, many trusted Christ in church parking lots. Now, they got some orange blossom special. And if my nose is running money and five pounds of possum and we preached twice to them, I had pizza. The first, second, third, fourth, fifth, we did have hot dogs, the sixth rally, okay? And then all the rest were pizza again. So I'm putting off pizza a little bit now. But just to be with these kids and and they were so excited mm. just for us to be there and show that we, we really care. And so camping is a part where we just kind of come in, if you know, I know what I do. I'm a sheepdog. Okay, pastors are shepherds; the other sheep, and then as a sheepdog. I can bite at the heels and bark and push them back to the shepherd, back to the local church, and at the same time, showing them how excited that we are about God's word, and trying to kind of infuse and plant seeds into their heart that they would love the word of God. Well, you and I both,
0: uh, you know, you've been a camp director for many years. I was a camp director up in. Uh, Northern Wisconsin and the the impact of camping on the lives of Christian young people is just absolutely undeniable. Mm -hmm. And hundreds and hundreds of young people who have been saved and their their lives have been transformed through that concentration of God's word in one week is, is unbelievable. So do you see this is uh, do you see that this is what people still want for the
2: future? Hmm. Oh, according to what we're seeing, uh, both through fundraising, uh, through letters, uh, I think if we open camp today, if we could. Uh, number one, the kids want to come. Number two, the parents, they need a break from their kids. They <laughs> want to send them for a couple of weeks. And we're, we're seeing that. So I trust next summer, 2021, would, again, for all our camps across the United States, be one of the greatest summers that we'll have. And we trust God to do that. If he doesn't return, that the doors will be opened up and the regulations are such that we can have four weeks of camp. Uh, yeah, the kids... Uh, we do a thing called daily meditations. It's just a five-minute Bible study, walking through a book of the Bible for teens. Uh, anybody can subscribe to it. You can go to com and subscribe to it. And I, I don't even know how many right now are doing that daily because they just love a touch of that memory of being with their Christian friends and being encouraged by the Word of God. And if even those listening, if you think how many people you know, or maybe yourself that actually made a life-changing decision mm. at a camp. It is. It, it, it's huge in, in their lives.
0: You know, historically, revival has always started among young people. Right. And, of course, one of the most likely places for that to take place is in a, in a Christian camp. I've seen it happen uh, over my ministry. And I remember back in the early 90s, some unusual mm-hmm. things happened with not just a handful, but literally hundreds of teenagers getting saved and their lives being transformed and those people are in ministry today. And when I think of the wilds of New England and the influence that is having in that region of the country, tell us about New England and the influence that uh, the the wilds of New
2: England is having. Well, first of all, we serve over 300 local churches every summer. And that's amazing. We just had a, a couples retreat. Uh, this past weekend at the Wilds of New England. I spoke because all our speakers were from out of state and we had to cancel everybody. We had 30 couples and 10 of them were pastors, okay? Mm. Uh, with that in mind, I went to another pastor's uh, fellowship last Monday. I think maybe 18 or 20 pastors were there. One of them, I'll just put it this way. One of them came up to me and said, Rand, I know your burden for the Wilds of New England And you want to see it continue because obviously with COVID, all camps, you name the Christian camp in your state and there's going to be financial ramifications because most camps make their money in the summer. Mm -hmm. So if you take a normal camper fee, say $300 and you have a thousand campers, you can see how it's a big hit. So financially, there's issues there. And then even in the staff recruiting, getting... College kids being willing to come to camp and work there for a summer, okay? And all of this, when you put it in place in New England, we have seen God just work some amazing, amazing, and taking care of us financially, staffing, mm. uh, personally, because 74% of our camper, or our counselors come through our CIT, a camper and training program at Dwell's New England. <clears throat> and that alone is increasing the leadership potential in every youth group. Up so there. CIT would be like a two-week. Yeah, it's a two-week training. training, leadership. More intensive. Uh, they have to be a junior or senior in high school to right. come. And uh, it's, it's it's a great two weeks, but just encouraging teens. Now, in New England, there's not big churches, not many youth groups of two, three, and four. So when they come to camp, they schedule. So they're always coming with their friends and and they just look around and go... Wow, I've never seen this many teens in my life. Now I had the privilege to be in North Carolina with about a thousand kids a week. Yeah. And I've ever I've even had kids who are from New England say, now I hear there's another wilds in North Carolina. Are they as big as this one? And I say, <laughs> Well, about ten times bigger than this one. Uh, but just to see, I think one thing is just to see pastors coming together. And seeing we're fighting this battle uh, uh, against against sin, against our culture, but they're all in it together. Mm. Everybody does it a little bit different, but at the same time, we're in this together trying to help these kids truly know God mm. and know him personally. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, the impact of, of camping is just, uh, at least from my perspective, I, I've watched it when I was an evangelist in... I would go into churches and I would see the effect of camping in the fall and the spring of what took place in the summer Mm -hmm. and actually the boost that it would make in the lives of the young people. And then, of course, in the world we live in, since our our emphasis is on Christian higher education, the Christian colleges were blessed uh, because of the combination of the local church and the camps. And when you were to ask a student at, at Bob Jones University, how many of you made a major life decision in camp? Uh, you know, hundreds mm, and hundreds right. of hands have gone up. So let, let's talk about uh, kind of where, where where COVID hit the wilds. Mm-hmm. And then how are we looking?
2: Sure. Coming,
0: coming forward.
2: Well, so I'll give you some circle vision. When I heard that we couldn't have camp, uh, I'll be honest, I cried mm. and then I got mad. And then I figured the governor just made a mistake and he's going to change it. In other words, I was truly grieving. The mm-hmm. problem is I did that for about three weeks. Okay. And honestly, you go through because I this is the first time for me in 42 years, we didn't have that kind of camp. What we did is we took camp to the kids. And like I said, we went to local churches all over New England, outside rallies, put a bucket six feet apart, played games where we were social distance, and we masked and we did it. We had zero problems. Mm. Over 1,200 kids uh, preached twice to them. One thing I want to mention, I preached some messages. The last message was called Martyriaphobia, the fear of witnessing. And out of those 1,200, at least, probably more than this, but at least 600 at least raised their hand and made a commitment to God that they would witness to three of their unsafe friends before school started this fall. Mm. Well... You know, if if you say three times 600, that's like 1,800 other teens mm. who heard the gospel. And um, would I do it again? Yeah. Do I want to do it again? No. Mm. I'd rather have them at the campsite where we can be loving on them from Monday all the way through Saturday, okay? So that's first thing. Second thing, obviously, is the finances. And uh, many, many camps uh, lost a lot. As well as New England, uh, we have cut expenses. Uh, our entire staff. Uh, And there's only five of us, but we all are now bivocational. I am Mm -hmm. pastoring as interim pastor. Steve's working for an auto uh, mechanic. uh, Cassie's cleaning just to supplement our income. So we're ready to have a wonderful week coming up. But again, through the rallies, through gracious giving friends and churches, God is supplying that. In other words, we just had our fundraising uh, banquet on Monday night. And I will say this, we're going to have camp next summer. And we have zero debt, which is such a blessing. Right. And with the zero debt and we're working hard to make sure we're going to be ready for those kids next year. But a lot of camps, especially the bigger camps, you know, they took such a hit. Uh, honestly, if anybody is looking to invest in teenagers, I that there's a thing at the Wilds they're doing uh, about adopt a camper. You can go online, wilds.org, and see this. And as you adopt a camper, you're helping just to take care of the funds to keep the campsite and the staff and so forth at the place where we can be ready next summer and mm-hmm. still give the kids an excellent experience. Um, and then along with that, how the COVID hit, uh, in regards to just being out to churches. And Mm -hmm. I feel so for local churches because it's it's hard to meet together and bring in outside speakers in and so forth. So if the churches... People say, what's the best thing we can do for camp? Or they'll ask me, what's the best thing we can do for the wilds? Send your kids. Yes. Send your kids. Start now encouraging parents to send them for a week or two weeks. You say, well, I don't know which camp to go to. Pick two camps and go to two of them, okay? Uh, Because it's that concentrated exposure to the Word of God, the dedicated lives. It is so conducive for life-changing decisions for these kids that um, you think, Paul, one journey, one road changed his life. Mm. And a week at camp can Mm. literally, literally. I mentioned at the beginning how that I had pizza with two guys for two hours. It changed the direction of my life. Can you imagine a godly counselor impacting some teenagers for a whole week? Mm. That, that can impact the entire direction of their life.
0: You know, this summer, well, not this summer, but when when COVID hit here at Bob Jones and we were we were like everybody else, we had to close the doors and we had to pivot to remote online. And and of course, uh, then during that time, everybody was in an isolated mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone has said that uh, this 2020 is the longest leap year ever. <laughs> Twenty nine days in February. 300 days in March and five years in April yeah. and everything seems so long. And during that time, and all of us were, were isolated here. Uh, it, it, I came into office and worked every day, but then I went home, didn't see anybody, didn't go out to eat. Um, uh, you know, you weren't attending local churches. I came to the conclusion that, that on the one hand, this is not a positive spiritual experience. This mm-hmm. is a negative it is a negative t- with, with the people of God. It is, a, it is a distressing, stressful, emotional time where people are drifting away. And I'm so thankful that we can listen to sermons online. But a sermon online is not a sermon on campus of the church. It's two different worlds. God intended for the church to gather together because Christ is in the midst of that body. And so I see it as been a negative And I feel like the people of God are going to have to put forth a greater urgency Mm -hmm. instead of being passive and going with the flow that it's actually time to now kick it in gear and come out strong. So this summer for camp ministry, in my estimation, is humongous Mm -hmm. because we don't really want to go another summer without this in the life of our young people. And this is. This is just such an urgent time for us. And those that are listening, I want to encourage you to give a gift to the wilds or the wilds of new England and just support camping ministry because it's, it's the lifeblood of our future. Bob Jones university is dependent upon churches and particularly upon youth groups and Christian schools and the spiritual life that's going on. So, uh, Rand, what you're doing is so important. So why don't you give us a kind of cast of vision for us? I know you you are always you always have a vision of what's next. I've never never known you to want to sit back and just mm-hmm. rest, but go forward. So how do you cast the vision for the next few years here?
2: Yeah, well. Obviously, encouraging, uh, like for you to encourage your students to find a good Christian camp in in the United States and work there Mm. because they only have so many summers to give. Mm. And the memories that they build, are lifelong. Um, I can put it this way. I finished the book. Now, get this. I finished it in December, even though because of COVID, it's going to come out this month. And the title of it is Contagious. Mm. And it was before I even knew COVID was going to hit. It's basically a study on the book of 1 Thessalonians, uh, contagious love, contagious hope, contagious joy. And when the Thessalonians got it, it spread quickly through the whole world. And that's why it's so important when you take 50 like at New England staff members, 240 like in North Carolina, and take every other camp. You take that many young people who have contagious hope Mm. and contagious love and contagious joy and they pour their lives one-on-one into these campers that come in, I'm telling you, the ministry of multiplication is its just amazing what God's going to do through that. And so, uh, I mean, personally, I look around the world and I think the Lord's going to come soon. Yes, And he might. And and that would be a wonderful, wonderful thing, okay? Uh, if he tarries... Uh, I think we need to more and more and more encourage as many as we can to go to camp, to work at camp. Uh, It's so important for them. I'll mention New England. Barna did a study last year. Do you realize seven of the 10 most post-Christian cities in America are all in New England? Yes. And when I read that, I was on my way to walk up to to our barn, and there's 180 kids up there singing praises to God. And I'm saying, Lord, you put us a place. We can punch holes into the darkness of this era of this country. And this is such a wonderful thing. May we continue. And then just encouraging reinforcing the local church, faithful to the word of God, bringing servant-hearted staff in there. It is an environment that's very conducive to spiritual change. And honestly, we do have a lot of fun. Yes, We laugh a lot. Uh, we're crazy, okay? But it shows kids that you can be a happy Christian. You can love the Lord and enjoy things without being any kind of uh, boring, or I put it this way, not no more Eeyore. Come on, let's be Tigger Christians in this, and let's show them the joy of abounding in, in the grace of God. Well, Rand, tell
0: us, um, if somebody wanted to follow you on social media or contact you, what's what's the sure. best way?
2: Well, on Facebook, we do have uh, the Wilds New England. We do think where in the world is Rand, and there's a lot that follow. I get to travel a lot, and it's a little bit different with COVID. Uh, I do have a website, ranhummel.com, that has a lot of the books I've written and gives... You can tie right into any of the wilds, wilds of New England or Camps Abroad, which is a ministry that we help missionaries start camps all over the world. And um, uh, Facebook, I'm on it, but I don't do much with that, to be honest with you. Uh, but honestly, if I can be an encouragement in in any way to just plant a seed of a love for the Word of God with kids if they would faithfully be in the Word every single day, mm-hmm. their lives will change. As we know that. We know absolutely. that. Every pastor cries for this. It's why you guys are even here at Bob Jones University. You want to increase their love for the Word of God. Because if they're in the Word of God, they're going to love God more. And the more they love them, the more they want to spend time with them. And it just continues in that way. And so my do- my desire... For however many more years God gives us, you know, Steve, I look at you and you're getting old and all my friends are getting old, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, honestly, if the Lord tarries, let's just keep uh, showing the kids how wonderful God is how, is, how wicked we are, and his grace and his love, his forgiveness is is so undeserved, but it's there for every single one of us. Amen.
0: Well, Rand, thank you for your time. We're excited about having you in chapel today at Bob Jones. And, thank you. Uh, and uh, if you want to listen to Rand's sermon, you can go to sermonaudio.com and type in Bob Jones University, and you'll find that sermon. And I know you'll enjoy it. Thanks for listening today.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Highest Potential with Steve Pettit. Don't forget to find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week.